Welcome to another episode of the Spoon Mob Podcast. This is another mini update episode with Chef Kevin DeShanes, who's returning. He's got the Newport Mansions Wine and Food Festival coming up at the end of September here. So he wanted to jump back on and kind of chat about the process of being the culinary director and what all that entails and getting everything set up and different events that they have planned. So it sounds like a great time. I've never been to a wine and food festival. It's kind of one of the things that I'd like to do. You know, there's a couple big ones. Uh, the Newport one is pretty big. There's obviously the Aspen Wine and Food Festival. I think it's the one that they mentioned on Top Chef. And there's a bunch. I mean, there's one up in Milwaukee. I think it's like Sheboygan. They have one that's pretty well known too as well. And then there's some stuff out in California, Bottle Shock, which is up in Napa, which is more of kind of a concert. And then there's some wine and food aspect to it as well. Then there's like Texom, which is in Texas, but that's more about wine. You know, you have your South Beach Wine and Food Festival, which Kevin did too as well, and a bunch of kind of stuff. I mean, most major cities kind of have something, but there are a few, you know, big ones. And Newport is kind of one of them because it, it folds in kind of, you get people from Boston, you get people from New York, people from Connecticut, and Connecticut's kind of split. The Western half is a lot of people that live there, but like work in New York, commute to New York by train or whatever. And then like the Eastern half of Connecticut is more associated with kind of Rhode Island and Boston. That's kind of how that state split up. So Kevin wanted to jump back on and kind of chat about it. So great to have him return. You know, he's got a bunch of stuff upcoming, a bunch of stuff that he did over the summer, different food festivals and all that stuff. Uh, he's going to be doing a thing at the Super Bowl again in Vegas. He's got a thing with uh, Formula One when they do their race in November in Vegas, the inaugural race there. So a lot of stuff on the way. It's always kind of cool to reconnect with people, see what they got going on and new stuff too as well. So you can follow Kevin on Instagram. It's at ChefKevD1 is his handle. Also follow the Newport Wine and Food Festival account. Uh, they'll be posting a bunch of different stuff, a bunch of photos and videos and everything at Newport mansions underscore wff so wine and food festival there uh, but they'll be posting a bunch of stuff too as the event kind of unfolds if you're not there and you just kind of will live vicariously through everybody else who is there um, as well uh, if you're not there this year but make sure to follow us on instagram too as well at spoon mob check out our website spoonmob.com make sure to follow subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from we're on all of them either search spoon mob or use one of the links that we post either in our stories you can use the link in our Instagram bio. You can use the website. If you go to the website, you can click through different links that we have set up for all the individual episodes. So if you're looking for a specific one, there's also a page with a master list of all the episodes that we've done. Uh, we're in the 130s now, so that's awesome to see and continuing to have more episodes and new guests and repeat guests and stuff like that too as well. But Check all that stuff out, but without any further delays, here's my conversation with Chef Kevin DeShanes, the culinary director at the Newport Mansions Wine and Food Festival in Newport, Rhode Island. Welcome back. I mean, since you were on this podcast before, did an event over at the Super Bowl. You did a cocktail pairing dinner uh, with Boston Harbor Distillery Cocktails. Did an event with uh, Toast Nashville. Orange County Brewing and Distillery event uh, in New Hampton. I think you did something on HGTV with the Property Brothers uh, in Vegas, South Beach Wine and Food Festival. Yeah, geez, I've done a lot since the last time we've talked. Huh? Are you bringing it all back? Yeah, you've been a pretty busy guy. Are you on the road essentially like every week? Uh, it comes in waves. There's months where I'm just like completely all over the place straight out. And then there's other months where I have... Uh, a lot of local stuff and stuff right in Newport in the area where I'm not traveling too much. Um, but right after I 
did the last podcast with you, I had like a stretch that I was just going, going, going. So especially in the summer where I'm based in Newport, I'm, I'm in that area a lot more. And even Martha's Vineyard in Nantucket and doing dinner parties and things like that. It's a little more localized in the summertime, but still a good deal of traveling. One of the things you got upcoming is the Newport Mansions Wine and Food Festival. About a month away, I think September 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. So what all are you going to be doing there this year? So I'm the culinary director for Newport Mansions Wine and Food. So I handle everything culinary from there's like 35 seminars that are pairing wines and spirits and beers with wines and with bites and different pairing plates and different chef demonstrations and all kinds of stuff. And on top of that, I have three big events there, which is uh, Friday night, which I'm super excited about, is the Vintner's Dinner with Andrew Zimmern, myself, Chef Tatiana from Boston, who's an amazing chef, and then Chef Jessica Quiet from uh, the Ocean House in uh, Rhode Island. She's a pastry chef. So we have a four-course pairing Vintner dinner at Rosecliff, which is super exciting. And then a private gala with JP Morgan. And then on Sunday is a big jazz brunch with David Burke and myself and a few other chefs. So all that's kind of going on throughout the weekend. But this is something that we work on year round between sponsors and bringing in chefs and, and different wines and you know, wines from all over the world, curated, very, everything is handpicked from the chefs to the wine, to the spirits, to even the sponsors. Like people have been trying to get into this festival for years. Um, In the past, it's been hosted by Jacques Pepin and Martha Stewart and all kinds of uh, great chefs and personalities. So it's something that we work on year round, but the week of is like straight out. It's like running a big property for the week, right? There's, there's deliveries, there's ice deliveries, there's there's different dinners, there's different menus, there's chefs, there's VIP tents. There's also a big tasting tent that has 25 tables of restaurants, wines, uh, different chefs. So though it's uh, still a good-sized festival, it's smaller, more boutique and curated, and you can get in front of the winemakers, and you can listen. And, you know, a lot of these, although they're very fun, there's a 1,000 people in line for wine, and it's just kind of a party situation. This is a lot more controlled and the fact that the tasting tent may have 100 or 200 people going through at a time so the cheesemaker can actually talk to the guests about what they're doing in the cheese and the winemakers can do the same and talk about the grapes and so it's a much more personalized experience than some of the bigger festivals which again i do them and they're so much fun they're just kind of a different animal so with being the culinary director and having all these little mini events going on, are you kind of in more of a delegation role where there's people that are kind of working and doing specific menus and specific bites? You're kind of overseeing what their ideas are, or is it some of that? And then also some stuff where you're in there like doing a lot of not heavy prep, but you know, you're in there going, all right, well, we need to kind of focus on this. We need to do this style of dish for this thing. This would work. Yeah, it's really both. All the chefs I've worked with to get their dishes and stuff kind of dialed in ahead of time. So they're either going to come with them prepped and ready to go, and we just need to kind of put them together, or the on-site team is going to do it. So there's a lot of delegating now. You know, and during like the vendor's dinner, I have my own course, so I'll be focused on that, but I'll also be working with the team to make sure Andrew Zimmer's dish is done the way it's supposed to. The other two chefs will be there kind of overseeing their dish. All the seminars and the dinners and the things that are going on, you're talking about 5,000 plus wine glasses, right? So we got to make sure all the rentals are in order and ready to go. And we, we get a dishwasher on site just for that week. It comes in, they hook it up, 
we use it all weekend and they take it out. Otherwise, they'd be having glassware, big walkways and alleyways full of pallets of wine glasses. So I got them to the point where we can order about 1,800 and then just run them through the whole course of the weekend. So a lot of delegation. I have a great core group of chefs from all over that kind of come in and help me do this. I have one or two guys that I did catering with in Newport back in the day that are amazing with logistics that help out with the seminars because there's three seminars going on at, at one time, you know, a Sicilian red, uh, a caviar and bubbles, uh, blah, 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 whatever's happening in three different, you know, main rooms in Rosecliff, which is a beautiful mansion that they just redid. But we have to make sure the glassware, you know, five glasses at every table is set. If there's pairing dishes, make sure that's good. Move on to the next one, move on to that, and then flip the room to do it again. So it's a lot like, you know, on a busy Saturday in the restaurant, when you flip the room twice, or three times, or depending on how busy you want to be, we're doing the same stuff as we're doing in a restaurant. It's, it's glasses, it's plates. Being organized ahead of time, which is why we work on it for so long, makes all the difference in the world. It's like going into a busy Saturday night. It's really all in the prep. If you got your spreadsheet and your seminars and everything dialed out and glassware, it's just a matter of having the bodies and the hands to be able to produce all that stuff. So I think one big change that they were advertising was this year is going to be a little bit more of a educational experience focused year versus, I guess, years past. Is that correct? Kind of the concept overall, they're focusing a little bit more on the education side of things in terms of kind of the wine education and whatnot versus previous years. Yeah, they always have to some extent, but pre-COVID, honestly, it was it turned into a festival where there was a 10,000 square foot tent on the lawn and there was hundreds of vendors and blank vodka and so-and-so and raw bars and people were just there to have a good time. Since COVID, we started it back up and we found out that the seminar is a way that you can come, you can learn about wine, you can learn about the pairings or if it's caviar or whatever it is and sit and taste it and get in front of the winemaker and then from there you move out into the a more smaller boutique tasting tent um like i said where it's much smaller and controlled so you still get that festival vibe once you get out there but it's nowhere near the craziness and there's a lot of education uh matthew who's the wine director i work hand in hand with year round he's actually the sommelier at ocean house down in rhode island he had he was a chef he's owned restaurants he's now all about wine, Master Sommelier. So he'd be one to get on your podcast. He's a great guy, knows all his stuff. He works on the wine side with all that. And, you know, we chat about pairings constantly and we're doing a champagne or what do you want for the vintner's dinner or should we do a cocktail here? So there's a lot of education that goes on, but I don't want to scare people when you hear the word seminar. You're like, what am I going to class? You know, you will learn, but guess what? You're still sipping on five wines overlooking the ocean while eating a cheese plate and getting ready to go in a tasting tent. So there's a really good balance of education and fun festival atmosphere. With the Vintner's Dinner that you're doing, so I'm assuming Matthew kind of picks maybe the Vintner. How is the wine chosen for that? So a lot of times it's a it's a somebody really wants to be a part of it because it's a it's the kind of the biggest dinner of the weekend. It's like a four or five hundred dollar ticket. It's an experience during the ballroom at Rosecliff. It's an amazing amazing night. This year we have wines of Israel. Good friend of mine, Josh, who runs that. We we actually had a call this morning about. We have kind of a menu together. I know what Andrew's doing. I know what one of the other chefs are doing. So then chatting to him about what wines he wants to use, then I can plug in kind of the other dishes. 
it's a really coveted spot in the festival for a winemaker to get in there and, and be part of that vendors dinner, especially this year. I mean, Andrew Zimmer is a huge name for Newport. He's traveled the world many times over. Um, he's known for his bizarre foods and all that, but he also has great shows like the Zimmer list, which, you know, he goes to Boston and Portland and new Orleans and, and goes to all the best restaurants and hot spots and things like that. So if you haven't, I would watch the Zimmer list cause it's really cool it's really an in-depth look at like what the chefs are doing, where they're getting their ingredients rather than just, uh, you know, go to this restaurant when you're in town. So, so having him be the MC and also he's doing one of the courses is a big push for this year's festival because it's, you know, the, since COVID they, they haven't, they've gotten some cool chefs here and there, but we're kind of getting more of the big names back in and things like that. So wines of Israel is doing it this year and it's a really, it's a really hot spot for, a winemaker to get into that vintner's dinner because it's one of the the highlights of the weekend collaborating with the other three chefs on you know obviously one was a pastry chef so going to be most likely doing the dessert right but with the other three courses how do you guys kind of decide who's going to do kind of the appetizer or the main or do you guys just kind of throw out different ideas and then kind of whatever seems to fit together that's kind of how it falls yeah, I picked the chefs based on uh, kind of location and chefs I wanted to work with. Jessica, who's the pastry chef, she was also the pastry chef up at Spruce Peak in Stowe, Vermont, this beautiful, beautiful property in the mountains. Um, and she did all the pastries and stuff for that property. And I did an event up there called Taste of New England. And we worked together, and she was great. Her desserts are amazing. Presentation spot on, beautiful. She was a no-brainer. And then the other chef, Tatiana, I got because we also worked together at a different event. Uh, I like to reach back out to chefs that I've worked with at one point because, oh, we worked great together. I want to work with you again, see what else we can do together. Um, so she's a chef in Boston. She's won a bunch of the shows, but she's uh, head chef at the Envoy Hotel in Boston, which has a, a rooftop bar, a couple restaurants. So she runs that whole situation. So I just was like, kind of give me an idea of one or two things you're thinking about, maybe you want to do or feature. And I did the same thing with Jessica and uh, Andrew gave me his dish. He knew right away. So then I can kind of things kind of fall into place. Okay, we got these wines. Uh, Andrew's doing a shrimp dish. Uh, I'm thinking about potentially doing a beef. What do you guys want to do? And then everybody throws out a couple ideas and we kind of plug and play what is the cohesiveness of it all and what will tell the story. And then we can, you know, pair the wines, the five wines along the way because we're going to do like a welcome uh, cocktail when they walk in and a big grazing table with boar's head and um rhode island narragansett creamery which does all kinds of beautiful burratas and, and homemade cheeses uh, they're based right here in rhode island so it's just a little bit of back and forth what are you thinking what are you thinking this would work well he's doing that so let's do this it's like when you're just writing any menu you like x this off this will work good and you kind of it molds it that way and then once we have the hard menu, plug in the wines, and then we just go back through it again and maybe tweak a sauce or a garnish. So it all kind of tells the story and is very cohesive. So how many of these have you done, these Newport wine and food festivals? What number is this for you? This is my second year as culinary director. I've been a featured chef a number of times where it's just, a, you know, this was pre-COVID when there was 10,000 people and there was the big GE monogram chef stage where, you know, Bobby Flay or whoever's up there, myself, we're doing demos, signing cookbooks and things like that. But it's like I have that chef mentality whenever I'm doing an event. It's like 
well, why don't you guys try this? Or, hey, you know, this could make things easier for you guys. So we started working together more and more as opposed to me just being a guest chef. And last year they asked me to be the culinary director and it went amazingly well, not to jinx myself, but to do it again. They asked me back to do it again. And like any event, you know, the second time is always easier. You have the lay of the lands, you know, they were, and I just try to streamline and tweak things, whether it's, you know, they were renting all kinds of freezers and getting a crazy amount of ice and always running out. And I just switched that to getting ice deliveries every morning that we're there. We get X amount of hundred pounds. It gets dispersed to where it goes and it's all gone. The next morning it comes back in. Things like that are just, you know, when you're in a restaurant and you're on your station, you're trying to streamline things and make things easier. I have that I have those thoughts about these big events. Well, we could do this. You don't need that. If you got a dishwasher, you didn't need 10,000 glasses. You only need 1,800, right? Little things like that to make things easier, cost-effective, streamlined, but still, unless you're in the back of the house, you're not going to know that the glasses are being washed. You're gonna, that doesn't occur to a guest where the glasses come from. They have no idea. So my second year, hopefully of many as culinary director, because it's been, it's been really great working with J.P. Morgan, who's uh, their main sponsor, and their big gala dinner is kind of even beyond the Vintner's dinner. It's private, so it's their their guests and things like that, but it's, it's again, it's super high-end. we got a couple of chefs from locally from Rhode Island that are going to be working on it with me. Um, so second year of many, hopefully, but it's been an amazing experience so far. So all the years that you've been involved, not just the two as culinary director, but the ones when you're doing chef stints, how have you seen kind of the Newport Wine and Food Festival evolve over those years? Obviously, it took a step back a little bit in COVID, you know, because of that restrictions and might even got canceled one year. But but since you've been there in some capacity, how has it kind of materialized and changed up to now? You know, Newport specifically has, we had the idea to do a restaurant program, which was like different wine dinners at different restaurants in and around Newport and a little bit beyond during the course of the festival, which you know, enables us to do these dinners that are 50 or 100 people. It's still part of the festival. It's still vintners and winemakers who are coming from California or Italy. They get to still be a part of it, have an event, a specific event for them, be a sponsor, be featured, but it's not all in the same place. So, and a lot of festivals are doing this where they kind of spread out the festival throughout the city. So I believe this year we have seven restaurants in Newport or beyond that are doing special dinners throughout the course of the festival as part of the festival. So that was an added thing to come out of COVID and that has evolved, which has been super successful because they sell out in a couple days, which is great. Like I mentioned, that curated boutique tasting tent experience, you know, people are paying a lot of money for tickets. They don't want to just stand in line. They don't know what they're standing in line for. Get some wine. Don't even have time to talk to the, the winemaker. They're not even sure what they're drinking they just kind of get moved on to the next table this is not that this is you could sit there and chat for five minutes and ask questions and our vineyards here we, we also have a restaurant here same thing with local chefs there's a handful of private chefs that are doing tastings and they will get bookings out of it because they can discuss with their potential clients and the guests at newport wine and food can actually talk and interact so that was a huge plus an, an evolution to come out of COVID because although that massive festival feel is really fun, you know, the, that education side or that learning or that, hey, I had this wine at that festival. I really want to get a couple bottles or a case. A lot of times you don't ever find out how to do that. Here you can because you can talk to them. Where is it sold? Where is it shipped? Where can I get it? Um, 
a lot more close interaction at this one than there had been in the past. And it's a model that works really well at the venue, which is Rosecliff Mansion on Bellevue. Um, beautiful right on the water, sprawling lawn, ballroom, which has been completely renovated this year and is just reopening this week, actually, after being closed all summer to be renovated. And so I'm really excited, if you can't tell, because I'm talking a mile a minute, but it's going to be an amazing year. And the fact that we have chefs like David Burke and Andrew Zimmerd, Chef Tatiana, Chef Jessica, all these other chefs coming in were there hadn't been a lot of like visiting chefs before. There was restaurants and things like that, but really with me on board, we're really pushing that quote unquote food side of the food and wine festival because it's always been very wine forward, spirits forward, and there's always been a food element. But this year we've really, really beefed it up and it's it's gonna be very prevalent that there's there's chefs and there's food and there's a lot of tastings and dinners that are happening. It's all coming together this year. What other events do you have after the Wine and Food Festival, rounding out the rest of the year? What's on your schedule? I have just a ton of private stuff. Uh, I'm looking to do, we're finalizing right now, a few events at F1 out in Las Vegas, which is in November. Yep, that's going to be an amazing Formula One racing through the streets of Las Vegas. We're going to be doing some private dinners. We have a plated meal for 1200 which is going to be a a massive undertaking and i'll be bringing in chefs from all over to kind of help me with that and then super bowl again which is also in vegas so that will be fun not sure exactly what that's going to look like super bowl is always a very fluid situation with events because you don't know what teams are in it until two weeks before and celebrities and things like that are always trying to do stuff based on if their team is in it and things like that so a lot of stuff isn't done until three weeks out from the super bowl so that's another one. And then just a, I've got a lot of uh, private clients that we're doing uh, recurring events with them and just kind of keeping busy that way. Sounds like a busy schedule, which isn't surprising. But no, the Formula One thing, that's the inaugural race. So that'll be pretty cool. I think they're running a little bit over budget on uh, doing all the resurfacing out there from the stuff that I've seen. But um, it's Vegas, so what do you expect? But uh, the Wine and Food Festival sounds like it's taken a, a different kind of concept now, um, especially since you've been heavily involved and a little bit more balanced. Like you said, a little bit more curated, more intimate, more individual. And that sounds... Um, pretty awesome looking forward to seeing uh, some photos and videos on social media hopefully some uh that you'll be sharing over the course of your time there if you're not too busy but uh yeah wish you the best of luck with the food festival and everything goes well and all the rest of the events that you have uh for the rest of the year yeah i appreciate it great to talk to you again yeah we'll be uh there's gonna be a lot of video and, and pictures and things like that it's never me because i always think about it after the fact I'm always like, oh, that dish came out amazing, but I didn't take any pictures. Or I was t I was chatting with so-and-so, celebrity or athlete, but we didn't get any pictures. So this year, there's going to be a lot of photographers. There's going to be a film crew on there that's going to be doing the vintner's dinner and the brunch. And so there'll be a sizzle reel and all that kind of stuff. So you'll get to see pictures of the food and events, and it's going to be fun. They should be posting stuff, I would imagine, to the uh, Newport Mansions account. It's at Newport Mansions underscore WFF, so people can follow along there, too, if they're not uh, attending in person. Yeah, and you can uh, believe the link to the website is in their bio, so you can check out. There, most of the stuff is sold out, but there's a handful of seminars, which then unlocks that tasting tent for you. There's still a handful of those that they're going to be releasing a few tickets to, so check that out and and you can still get a spot to a few things 
Well, yeah, best of luck with the festival. Appreciate you reaching out and coming back on. And uh, yeah, we'll be following along and kind of watching through the Instagram and stuff, uh, everything that's going on, and eventually make it out there, hopefully for one uh, upcoming event at some point. Absolutely. Love to have you. Big thanks to Kevin for coming back on the podcast, taking some time to chat about the Newport Mansions Wine and Food Festival, everything that they got going on there, everything that he's going to be doing, as well as some upcoming events that he has for the rest of this year. So again, you can find him on Instagram at ChefKevD1. He posts about all the upcoming events that he has. So if there's something that you're interested in attending or whatever, you can also reach out to him directly there if you're interested in kind of private chef catering, you know, his abilities there too as well to come into your home and craft a dinner and everything. You can reach out directly to him, but also make sure to follow us on Instagram at SpoonMob. Check out our website, SpoonMob.com, different profiles of all the chefs and guests that we've had on the podcast, sommeliers, different uh, fishmongers, cheesemongers, all that stuff. Everybody's got their own page and links to all their episodes, different photos, uh, all that stuff, contact information you can find on the website. You can also reach out to us directly through the website. There's a contact portal on the main page. Um, there's a little box and then you click that and it takes you right to the contact portal. You can write in questions, comments, feedback. If there's anything you ever wanted to ask a chef or a sommelier or somebody in the hospitality industry, shoot that over and we'll get it incorporated in the episode that kind of best fits with the interview and the person. Uh, future guest that's coming on but you can also follow us to the podcast whatever podcast platform that you use we have a youtube channel you can subscribe to that put all the episodes up on youtube prefer to use youtube as your podcast player that is it for this week's mini update episode and we'll have a brand new episode for you guys on thursday but appreciate everybody who's been listening appreciate everybody who's been writing in appreciate everybody who's been supporting us make sure to go vote for us best community partner for the Ohio Restaurant Association uh, Industry Awards this year. The voting goes all the way through the end of the month, end of September. So so make sure to get over there and vote. I don't believe there's a limit on how many times you can vote, but at least vote once for us. Um, a few people that have been on the podcast are also up for awards. Folks at Commune, um, you know, we've had Joe, Andrea, Matt all on. Uh, Chapman's, you know, we've had BJ on, uh, Wesley, Justin, Matt, when he worked there, Carrie too as well. They're both alumni of that place. They're doing their own thing now. But they've been nominated. The guys at Wario's, Tyler and Stefan, they've both been on the podcast. So check them out too. Avishar and his team over at Joya's, they're nominated for their category. Jeff Harris at Nolia. Uh, Vinny Semino up at Cordelia in Cleveland. Uh, they're in the north category. Nolia and Jeff are in the southern category, the Cincinnati area. Folks over at the refractory, we've had Taylor Wolf on um, too as well from there. So make sure to go and, and just kind of check all that stuff out. Tupelo Honey um, and Eric uh, we had on too. So vote for one of those folks. Uh, vote for us. You know, we're one of like four people in the category. So hopefully we can bring that home. You know, that'd be cool just for everybody who's been listening. Everybody's been coming on and supporting the podcast. Everybody who's returned, you know, spent their time in some capacity taking time out of their day with their family or doing stuff they could be doing with the business to come on and chat about their career and what they got going on. So we kind of look at it as kind of a collective award for anybody that's come on the podcast or, or will in the future. So make sure to go vote for us there. We'll post links like once a week um, as a reminder or something like that until voting expires. Yeah. Otherwise that is it for this episode. Appreciate everybody. And we will talk to you guys on Thursday.